You're listening to the Epic Living Podcast with Jim Simcoe. I'm Jim Simcoe, and I'm here to help you make your life epic. So let's get rolling. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. This is Jim Simcoe. Hope you're doing well. Today, I'm going to talk about the benefits of being bold. And unlike our typical podcast, the typical podcast that I do, this is not going to be a how-to podcast. I'm not going to give you a ton of great advice. I'm going to tell you a story about uh, a time in my life where I was bold and, and the ramifications and what happened and the benefits that happened because of it. Because I do believe definitely that in our lives, we are often way too meek and not nearly as bold as we should be. And the people who are bold, yeah, they fail occasionally, but they also have these spectacular successes throughout their life and just makes life more interesting. I'm a firm believer in being way, you know, being as bold as you can be and making bold decisions and bold choices. Because I do believe that you regret the ones you know, you don't regret the ones you get wrong. You regret the ones that you never did. So that being said, the story I'm going to tell you about is I'm going to tell you about how I met my wife, my wife, Kelly, who I've been married to for almost 13 years. August, August 16th will be our 13 year winning anniversary. Um, so anyway, so anyone who knows me knows that I've been married uh, or I am married, I'm happily married and I've got two beautiful daughters and I'm married to a great woman named Kelly. And, but, you know, a lot of people don't really know, necessarily know how Kelly and I met. So I'm going to tell that story. So <clears throat> back about 14 and a half years ago, I was working for Sprint in San Diego and I was running a sales division for Sprint and, um, part, and I was living in Cardiff, California, um, in a, in a condo, my very first condo that I ever bought. And so part of my job for Sprint was I had to go to Vegas once a month and do these operational meetings with, with my boss, with the VP. So we'd all go to Vegas. Everyone from San Diego would go to Vegas and, you know, we'd be there for a couple of days for meetings and we'd always go out and gamble and drink and just do all the things that, you know, you probably shouldn't do in Vegas when you're in your, uh, late twenties. For me, it was just basically playing blackjack. Although I must say that, uh, in the, about 16 months that I used to go to Vegas once a month, I won money almost every single time I was there playing blackjack because I only would play until I won 600 bucks and then I would stop playing where most people I knew, you know, would win a little bit of money and they'd keep going, press their luck, and then they would lose everything. So anyway, it has nothing to do with the story, but I thought it, you know, so, so one time I'm there and, uh, I'm in Vegas, I come home, you know, I've had, you know, I had, I had too much to drink. So I was a little hungover. So, um, I, the next morning I used to usually used to walk my dog in a certain direction around our condo development. And, and that day, for whatever reason, uh, my dog, my first, my very first dog that I ever owned on my own Kona, instead of walking her the way we used to walk, I walked her in a completely different direction. I also walked her later, way later in the morning, almost closer to noon than, um, uh, than I usually did. Usually I walked her, you know, first thing in the morning, whatever. And so anyway, I'm walking, I'm walking my dog and we're walking on the sidewalk and we see uh, pretty, you know, pretty quiet road. And we see this woman, this girl who is getting something out of her trunk and I see her and, and you know, she's pretty cute and Kona sees her and Kona was super friendly and Kona has since passed away a couple of years ago, but she's still my first, uh, my, one of my first loves. She's a fantastic dog. But anyway, Kona saw Kelly, ran right over to her. And so Kelly had, was at her trunk and she was moving in and she was literally moving in that day. So she was moving something into a different condo. So I'm looking at her and I'm like, geez, this girl's 
gorgeous and she seems super cool and she's from back east and wow you know man she's awesome you know like i would love to spend more time with her and kona like did her part and was like you know kissing on kelly and you know kind of jumping all over the place so it was you know pretty clear that that kona and i really liked this girl so anyway so we continue our walk and because i saw kelly out of her car uh, you know getting stuff out of her car i knew what kind of car she drove so um and, you know, and during our, and during our talk, you know, I made some stupid joke about like watching out for the raccoons. Cause at that point, you know, everyone in the complex had had problems with the raccoons coming to the yards and blah, blah, blah. So I said something about, you know, Hey, just watch out for the raccoons. And so that was it. So we talked for maybe like, I don't know, 10 minutes max. She went on her way. We went on our way and that's it. So the next day I was driving back home, I think after surfing. And I saw her car again. I was like, God, man, I would love to run into that girl again. I'd love to hang out with that girl again. She just seems super cool. And I was thinking, but I'm never going to do it. Like, I'm never going to, you know, I'm probably not going to see her um, unless I just happen to run into her somewhere in the complex or I run into her around town somewhere. And, you know, the likelihood of that was pretty unlikely, right? So at the time, I was reading this great book. I was reading The Art of Happiness by the Dalai Lama. And it was literally a book that I ended up changing my life because in the book, it's a fantastic book too, by the way, if you if you haven't read it, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Just great, just totally different approach on life. And as a philosophy minor in college, you know, I'm always intrigued by that stuff. And so I read a lot of that, a lot of stuff like that. And I've always, you know, most of my life I've, I've read stuff like that and just been fascinated by that. But anyway, one of the key passages in the book that really did it for me is that, and I'm paraphrasing this, and I'm sure I'll butcher, butcher it, but the Dalai Lama's point was, if your motivations are pure, there are no bad outcomes. And he tells a story in about a two-paragraph thing that says, you know, like, this guy was worried about asking out this girl and, and was talking to somebody else, and, you know, the other person said, well, like, look, if your intentions are pure and your intentions are that you want to get to know this person and... You're not doing it just basically just to have sex with her, then there really are no bad outcomes because if she says yes, then fantastic, you go out with her and that's fine, you know, and you see what happens. And if she says no, then, you know, you did it with a pure heart. So there's nothing you should be embarrassed about or ashamed about or, or anything. You should just move on with your life, but at least you try. And that package, that passage has always stuck with me, right? Like it's always been like in the back of my head that like basically, wow, you know, like if your motivations are pure, then if there are no bad outcomes, that just gives you a lot of freedom to do things if you're doing them for the right reasons. So anyway, I was reading this book and, you know, over the next couple of days, I was driving to work and I would drive, and she lived kind of near the entrance of, uh, of the complex. So like when I drive in and out of the complex, you know, over that next 48 to 72 hours, I would see her car and I would look for her car. She had this cream colored infinity uh, that um, I, you know, was pretty, pretty unique looking. So it was, it would be hard to miss it if you were driving in and out of the home. So every, every day I saw, you know, I would drive in, I'd look for her car. There it is. Okay. She's around and I'd drive back to my place and then, you know, go out and get something to eat later on, come back, see her car. And back up. She's there again, different spot. God, I don't know what she's doing. No wonder if she's thinking about me. Probably not, whatever. So anyway, I was just sitting there and I was like, I'd love to meet this girl and hang out with her. And 
you know, but I'm probably not going to. We just live different lives. Like I don't see exactly when I'd ever meet her because I live on the top of the hill and she lives, you know, kind of towards the entrance of the of the complex. So anyway, and juxtaposes with the fact that I'm reading the article. So one day at like, I don't know, like five in the morning, probably the earliest I've, I've ever gotten up to that point in my life. I snuck down to that part of the development and I left a note on her car with my phone number. And I basically said, Hey, you know, let's get to, we should get together sometime. Um, you know, watch out for the raccoons where I made some stupid joke. Um, and, and that's it. And I snuck back to my house and, and that was it. And I was like, okay, like, and, and my rationale was like, okay, my motivations are pure, like according to the book. Like, but I, I do want to get to know this girl. This is not some girl that I just want to have sex with, and that's it. You know, obviously I was attracted to her, but it wasn't like that wasn't the whole reason I wanted to hang out with her. So I was like, it took a lot of courage and it took a lot for me to be bold and actually like stop everything and be like, oh, okay, because you know, like if I do this, how embarrassing is it gonna be if she says no or she's got a boyfriend or something, you know, something like that comes up. But because I was reading that book. You know, I really did feel like my motivation was pure because I wanted to get to know her. And you got to remember back in those days, you know, in San Diego, basically like if you had a job, your own car and didn't live with your mom, it was pretty easy to date girls in San Diego. You know, it was not like uh, at that time, I think I was dating a couple different people at the same time, and you know, which I'm not super proud of, but uh, you know, I was in my late twenties or mid or what was that? 27, 28, something like that. So anyway, so I leave this note on her car and I was like, holy moly, like, oh my goodness, like, what if she sees this note and she thinks like I'm this weird dude, you know, what if she calls me up and says like, leave me alone, I'm married or whatever. Like, and I started, started going through all these what ifs in my head and I was like, you know what, wait a minute. Like, I just made a bold choice to do something. You know, the worst thing she can do is say she's not interested. Okay. And, and if she says that, I'm totally fine. Like, I'm not, you know, like super invested in this girl at all right now. Like, That'd be totally okay. So long story short, she calls me up a couple of days later and she's like, I got your note. Sure. I'd love to go out with you. You know, learn more about the neighborhood and, you know, hang out or whatever. So I was like, sweet. So I take her on our first date. Our first date starts. Um, I don't usually ever get sick. And, and for whatever reason, I was sick the, the day of our date. I was really sick. I actually think I went to the hospital the next day and I had, you know, I had a really bad flu. But anyway, our, our date, and this was in October. So we go, our date starts by her calling me at my house and she says, look, my ex-boyfriend is coming to pick up all of his stuff in like half an hour. So can you pick me up 15 minutes early? I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, not exactly an auspicious way to start the day when someone calls you and tells you that. But I was like, all right, that's fine. So I go and pick her up and I still remember she's wearing this white um, tank top and uh, like khaki pants. And I think she was wearing flip flops. And I still remember the shirt I was wearing because I was wearing this like like long sleeve white shirt that was like a little baggy. Almost kind of looked like a pirate shirt, like from uh, Seinfeld. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't like anything like that. But I still have that shirt. I refuse to throw that shirt away because it's the shirt I, I met my wife in. But anyway. Um, so we go to dinner, we have a great time at dinner and, and, but again, I'm super sick. So every, and I'm not telling her I'm sick, but every like five minutes I'm going to the bathroom to like hack up a lung and, 
you know, blow my nose and just kind of like reorientate myself to the world, come back to the table. And, and, and she must've thought that I had like the bladder of like a four-year-old for as many times as I went to the bathroom, but come back to the table. We had this great conversation. We talk about a bunch of different things. We find out, I find out that we're reading the same book. So we're both reading the art of happiness. And so we had a you know great laugh about that. So, you know, we, we had a good time, go back to her place and, you know, <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, she's definitely inviting me in. I mean, like that was a blast and whatever. So I'm fully expecting to hang out with her for a little bit and, you know, do whatever and, and, you know, get to the door and she kind of turns around and says, well, thank you for a lovely evening. She kind of gives me like this half hug and walks in the door and closes the door. And, and, and I just kind of stood there for a second and I was like, and I was blown away by her. I was sick as a dog. And I was just like amazed by all these synchronicities that were happening in our lives where, you know, we met literally as she was at her trunk for two minutes when I was walking my dog in a different direction at a different time than I ever have before, you know, in a minute difference in either one of our lives when we would have met. I was struck by the fact that we were both reading the same book and I was struck by the fact that I was really interested in talking to her and she was like no woman I'd ever met before in my life. And as she closed the door and I just kind of stood there dumbfounded, I was walking away and I was like thinking in my head, I was like, you know what? I'm going to marry that girl. That is the girl I'm going to marry. And so I did. And so I actually proposed about a year and a half, you know, fast forward a year and a half later, actually proposed to her on the, uh, at the spot that we met. And then we got married. We had our first daughter, um, while we lived in that place. And, uh, you know, 13 years later, we're still together. I think the point of the story here, though, is is that it took one bold choice on my part, and that bold choice resulted in a great marriage, a great, uh, you know, she's like my best friend. She's a fantastic mom. Um, I have a great family now because of that choice and because of that, because of having that courage to approach her. And in fact, I actually have. Uh, I always kept the book. I always kept the Art of, the Happy, uh, Art of Happiness book um, at our house. And I actually cut out that passage that I was reading that inspired me to ask her out. And I put it on a, like a little picture frame and, and gave it to her uh, on Valentine's Day a couple of years ago, because that's really the passage that of a book that really changed my life and changed her life and, you know, kind of brought us together as a family. So the point of the story really is at the end of the day is like being bold can have huge, huge benefits. You know, for me, <clears throat> the decision to ask out a girl um, in an unusual way, even though I didn't know her at all, um, instead of just like letting that opportunity pass, like so many other opportunities have probably passed in, in all of our lives, right? I mean, it's it was just a bold decision on my part and there's a huge benefit of doing that. So I would challenge you in your lives, like, you know, what what hugely bold decisions are you, have you been faced with recently, you know, that where you didn't do anything, you know, what could you have done differently? And then also going forward, like just re- recognize that the benefits of being bold, I think largely out outweigh the risks of being bold, especially when it comes to love and relationships. I really think that that's uh, uh, paramount to a successful relationship. Um, is, you know, obviously finding the right person, but then also being bold and, and really saying what you mean and really putting yourself out there and, and exposing yourself and, and being vulnerable. And that's what I was doing because God knows if she said, <clears throat> if she had said no, if she had said she wasn't interested, that would have been 
You know, I would have been really, really bummed out about it. But I got to say, because I was reading that book at that time, well, I would have been bummed out. I wouldn't have been bummed out for too, too long because I know that my motivations were pure and I was only, I was going into it for the right reasons. Luckily, she said yes. Luckily, I must have been extremely charming that night when we had dinner. No, just kidding. Uh, especially since I was sick as a dog. I actually don't understand, like, you know, I was so sick. I, I don't know how she wasn't like, dude, what's wrong with you? Should we go home? Should we cancel this? Do this another time? Because you look like you're about to pass out. Um, but anyway, that's a, that's probably a story for another day. But, you know, the thing here is, like, think about opportunities that you have in your life, your opportunities to have to be bold. And, and I'm a perfect example of, like, one little choice, the choice to leave a note on a girl's car resulted in me having this wonderful marriage, 13 years of, a, of an awesome marriage and having a beautiful family with two beautiful daughters all happened because I made one choice. That's it. Like I didn't do anything else. I mean, yeah, I put work into the relationship, but like I, it, I, the whole thing started by me writing a note on a, on a card and sticking it on the windshield at five in the morning. I still think that that's just like the craziest thing in the world, you know, but the point is, is that when you're able to be bold, you know, and when you're willing to be bold, freaking fantastic things can happen in your life. So I challenge you all, you know, be bold when you can. You will not regret it. Anyway, thanks for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and I will talk to you soon. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast today. If you want more information, check out my website at jimsimco.com, J-I-M-S-I-M as in Mary, C-O-E com for more updates and some free guides to help you make your life epic. With that said, I hope you have a fantastic day and I look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks.